Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Blog Talk Radio. So Hello Oh Hello Hello Hey Mom Get off the line please I can hear you there All right, greetings and salutations. Your pal Big Al Larcher here once again for the Larcher and Lawrence show from the uh, Sports Addict. I'm Alfred Larcher the third. Hey, my name is Clark Lawrence, and I am uh, the first. Lawrenson is what it is, pal. Lawrenson, do you, do you catch that? Well, I can't yeah. hear my microphone, so I don't know. I can hear you just fine. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can't hear me, which is really frustrating. I understand. I, I can hear you though, so that that's a plus. That's good. Uh, I I believe that means we can have a conversation still. But uh, while you're figuring that out, let me let me go ahead and talk to okay. the listeners. Let you guys know how you can get in touch with us. Give us a call at seven six zero four five four eight eight three four seven six zero four five four eight eight three four. You can communicate with us directly on the Facebook Live feed if you're listening live. Uh, it, Give us a call again as well uh, at the number I said earlier. Leave a comment mm-hmm. on Facebook Live, or if you're listening later, go ahead and shoot us a tweet at Larcher Lawrenson. Uh, you can shoot me a tweet personally at, at Clark in Chicago. You can hit him up at, at Larcher Than Check. Life. Check. That is us. Check. This is Check. Live Check. Sports Check. Attic, and you are listening. Check, Check it. Hello. Check it. Yeah, all right. Well, here we got you, pal. I'm, I'm sorry. Your cans are, your cans are kicked. Well, it's gonna be really obnoxious. The fact that, like, I, I, if I can't hear myself, then I might as well take my headphones off. But I can't because then I couldn't hear you, which actually might make for a better show. So I might have to try that. <laughs> Let's give that a shot. If, if if the rails fall off, we'll go that route. What the hell? I don't know. Check. I, oh, there I am. Okay, much better. Hey, now. you sound better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. You know, you do sound better I, when you can hear yourself. It sounds like. Well, yeah, you got to be able to know the the delicacy of your voice and. You know how how you're phrasing a word and uh, the inclination or the intonation you may be using. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I'm, I'm there with you, 100 uh, percent, sir. I'm a broadcast professional, Clark. I know this. I do understand that. I understand all of it. I I feel like we're doing okay over here. We do have the Facebook live feed kicked up and, and rolling strong. Uh, it was great to hang out with you the other night. Uh, Spend a night away from the microphones for the first time, uh, one of the first times in a while, where we got to go hang out away from the microphones. Yeah, we got to go, 
Go ahead. Yeah, you go. You're talking. Like, yeah, I hate oh, fucking yeah. remotes. Yeah, I was saying, yeah, me too. Like, you lose the batteries on them, and they're, they're fucking useless then. What else are you going to do? Or the battery starts to die, and then you take them out, and you flip them around. Then you put them back in, and then what? the remote works again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it was a fantastic evening Saturday night. Uh, I picked you up. We took off. We headed out. We stopped at the great Cracker Barrel where you ended the debate. No, not the Cracker Barrel. We went to Culver's where you finally ended Culver's. You ended the debate of who has the best chicken sandwich. You had it there. You said it was the best one, hands down. No need for Popeye's. No, I, I, no, 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 no. Now you're just making stuff up. I said Culver's you enjoyed that. You enjoyed that sandwich. I said it was a good chicken sandwich. I didn't say it was the best. That That's way over phrasing what I've said. Fake news over here. The Lawrence Department of uh, Spin, the, the, the Department of uh, Misinformation, you uh, remember, lying about my endorsement deal. You remember stories your way, and I remember stories my way, pal. I don't know about you, but I was at a, uh, at a wrestling event, a very fun wrestling event, where we, we hung out in a car for a long time together. Then we got oh, out. Oh, yeah, we, we did. Yeah. And then we got out and we walked. And then I let you walk up to a to a tent all by yourself with a bunch of people around there while I walked and found bathrooms. It was just a fantastic pre-show time, I would say. We we did hang out by a car, but it wasn't as bad as hanging out in front in front of Pink Floyd's for an hour and a half to to eat uh, eat some soup. I've never been to Pink Floyd's. I don't. I don't. I've never been there. No, you've been there. We went. It was a long time. Oh, okay. I don't I don't remember being at a Pink Floyd. Anyways, I, AEW <clears throat> AEW presented its first uh um not its first, but its well, its first pay-per-view featuring its world title. The world title was on the line and uh, Clark and myself, we had tickets and uh, we went inside and we witnessed the extravaganza. We we witnessed history being made. We witnessed as AEW named its champion as Chris Jericho defeated the hangman, Adam Page, live in front of his parents after riding out on his horse in uh, Schaumburg, Illinois, or Hoffman Estates, Illinois. And it was uh, quite the spectacle. Yeah, and the the horse uh, that he rode, rode out on, uh, I saw today that he named Hunter Horse Helmsley was the name that he gave the horse. Oh. Well, he's still young and immature, but when, you know, once he grows, he'll be a better uh, he'll be better at this, and uh, hopefully, he won't be long for uh, a championship run. He wasn't ready yet. Um, as a matter of fact, the match kind of suffered because he wasn't all that over, and uh, the crowd was more for Jericho than uh, their lead babyface and Hangman Page. And uh, I'm not gonna say the show was a letdown because it wasn't. The show was very fun. Um, I don't know if it lived up to its hype or my expectations, especially after going to All In last year, which I thought was a, a more enjoyable show. This one, uh, by all means, delivered though. It was, it was a good, it was a good show, just not a special show. Besides uh, the history being made of a first world champion, but again, the match was kind of—I don't want to say lackluster. It just—it was a long show. They—they—they they, they promised everybody they'd listen to the fans. And the number one fans, uh, gripe fans have are the damn pay-per-views are too long in WWE. So uh, AEW goes ahead and they put out a, a five-hour show. And uh, the crowd was a little drained at the end. And because they didn't have the passion for Adam Page, um, it, it was, it w- again, it wasn't flat, but it, w- it was, uh, I think, a little bit of a letdown. 
Um, but and and it was coming off of probably the best match of the night and maybe one of the better matches of the year with the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks in the uh, ladder match. Well, I, I think you uh, you caught it soon after pretty well. Meltzer tweeted something along the lines of, this is going to have to be an absolutely phenomenal world title match to have to follow up the the, the ladder, the, the tag team championship ladder match, which is crazy. Like, that match was great. That And, it, and the show had already been long, as, as you talked about. And we, to follow that up, you're already batting from behind. And then, as you mentioned to me, Al, your expertise on wrestling, like Jericho, that's one thing about him is he, he, he does go slow, and especially at his age now, he has to go slow. Uh, it just it, – it was a recipe for, uh, for, for not exa- – they didn't set themselves up as, as great as they could. That being said, I don't know if I have a way to do the show any other way, the way that it was built. Uh, what do you want to do? You want, you want to head down that card, relive the night a little bit? Well, sure. Why don't we Why don't we go backwards uh, so it doesn't get boring by the time we get to the main event like uh, like they did? That's see what I'm saying. Call. I mean, yeah, especially if we have the tendency to go long on it, like then we'd be complete fucking hypocrites. So, I'm with you 100. Uh, percent The world title match did happen. Uh, what do you think? They went 26 minutes and 25 seconds. Well, I kind of I kind of gave my overall thoughts of the show. What What, what were your thoughts? Um, overall, uh, I, I think I told people, I, I switched the grade back and forth a little bit, but I was putting it at about a seven and a half out of, uh, a seven and a half out of 10, uh, seven out of 10, I had kind of started with, but overall I'm happy. I mean, I'm happy. I got to see the world championship happen. Uh, I was very happy with some things. I kind of believed that I took a pee break at the wrong time because I didn't think I was much interested in that gimmick match where, uh, you know, the triple threat with the cracker barrels and everything. But while we're outside, it seemed like some of the hottest pops of the night up to that point. So I was a little bit disappointed with that. Um, but sure. overall there were, there were uh, action w- was had where I wanted it to be. Um, matches happened. There were some surprises, which caught me off guard, but uh, we'll, we'll get to those matches as they come up. Uh, there were a couple of surprises, uh, a few things that kind of had me scratching my head for a minute, but also uh, a, a few things where the term mark out uh, that you are familiar with and, and a lot of wrestling fans are where you, you freak your shit out when something happens. Uh, that happened to me. Uh, it, it definitely happened at least once during the night. So maybe, maybe it's more like an eight out of 10. I don't know. You, could you put a number on it yourself? Um, I would give it, uh, um, uh, 7.5. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I thought the show was really, really brought down by, uh, Jim Ross. You know, what's great is that like, you didn't have to hear him at all. So how, how was it brought down by him? I just looking at him, brought it down a half a star. I had to stare at him all night. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I missed his, uh, his intro. I think I was going to the bathroom I, or something. I gave him the finger for us. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Every, he walked over by where we were sitting, well, you know, the the side of the ramp we were on, and uh-huh. uh, he waved, and everyone was cheering, and I just gave him the double bird, and I'm pretty sure he saw it. That, well, could, maybe we'll hear about it on the podcast. You know, County, uh, I got to tell you, uh, one, one young man over there, the, the double bird, but, you know, they get their opinion, too. That's what it is. It's an opinion, folks. Yeah, I imagine I, he probably saw it, and I threw him off his game for the rest of the night. That's my guess. That's my take on it. 
Oh, so any of the uh, any of the, uh, the people who have been speaking about his uh, performance as announcer for the for All Out, uh, you think it might have uh, the people who are criticizing it, which which I've seen a little bit out there, uh, you had something to do with that. Yes, absolutely. So not only I, did you did you start the chant, the first ever Rocky sucks chant. Now you threw of Jr. off of his game at All Out. I'm an influencer. I'm a social media influencer. A mover and a shaker in the wrestling community. Uh, I haven't watched the playback yet. I am looking forward to doing that. So I really don't know how Jr. was. Uh, one of my favorite journalists uh, said that he he was he was the weakest part of the announced team, and he was pretty bad. And the other two kissed Jr.'s ass because they're friends with him. So. Um, you know, I, I think my take is probably yeah. right, but we'll see. I have to go back and watch. So good. All right. I well, we're on about the same page as far as, uh, the overall arc of the, uh, the show, the overall rating of the show. There were, so, there were just right. a few times where there were a few times where I thought I wanted more, you know? Right. Like if CM Punk came out, would it have been a 10? Um, yeah, I think so. There, there were times actually in the show where I was like, oh, if the CM Punk thing happens now, then yeah, I'll go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, I, hate I, to I agree. But somebody on Facebook Live just jumped in and said, so about that David Montgomery pick, dot, 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 dot. What about uh, it? I think he's the guy from uh, from like a week ago when, when you were chatting online. Like, were you mentioned oh, the that guy who going watched going the- Doesn't he want him in like the second round? He, yeah, yeah. The guy who you mean the guy who overdrafts David Montgomery? Yeah. What what about it? Dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I'm still with you on that. Dot Al. dot dot. Who is this guy? I don't know. I think I'm. His name's Jeff. He's jumped in there on it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No. Huh. No. It's still. He's still. Look, we don't even know what his usage is going to be going into Thursday night's game. So. You know, let's let's see what his usage is. Let's see if uh, if if Mike Davis or whatever the guy they got out of Seattle is going to ha- take carry in, have any carries. Let's see uh, the splits with him and Cohen. Let's see what goes on. Let's uh, you know he shouldn't be your number two running back. If he is, that's okay. It's not a, it's not a horrible position. If he's your number three running back, you're in money. You're good, assuming you drafted smart for your first two running backs. I definitely might have him as my second running back somewhere by accident, but I kind of got cheesed on that one. Uh, Andrew chimed in and asked about the reaction for double A. I mean, that was something I was alluding to there already, and, and we're going to get to it. I mean, come on. Arn Anderson showed up. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. The history there is amazing. So, yeah. all right, well, let's start with the main event, as you were. Uh, you said 26 minutes, 25 seconds. Uh, Chris Jericho defeats uh, the hangman, Adam Page. Um Slow plotting match. Uh, you know, it, it had some good moments. Both of those guys, and this is the difference between a mid-carter and a, and a main event guy. You could always tell by the intensity and speed in which they hit the ropes. And both those guys, man, they fire off those ropes. They fire into those corners, and they fire into their shots. They lay into them. And uh, that, that's what makes a championship match. And both delivered. I mean, both performers put on a good in-ring performance. Uh, both both uh, did good things in the ring, and they, they made magic happen. Uh, but again, I think it was more the story wasn't as interesting as, say, uh, Cody Rhodes and Sean Spears. The wrestling wasn't as good or, or breathtaking as uh, the stunts of the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks or, uh, or even at the skill level of Kenny Omega and Pac. So 
and again, the length of the show uh, fed into it. And I think it just lowered it a little bit, but it was still a tremendous match. And uh, congratulations to Chris Jericho, the first ever AEW champion of the world. There were a lot of times during that match where you could feel the crowd was watching. Like, the whole crowd was watching. And what I was thinking at the time was I was like, this might be somewhat similar to what Al experienced when he was in Tokyo watching uh, Wrestle Kingdom over there. Like, it felt like the crowd was, like, on the edge of their hands, but really not talking much. I mean, it it was a bit slow, as you had mentioned, during this world title match. Uh, But I have to tell you, I saw some... Some of the moves were crisp in in the finale there. That elbow, uh, what's he call it? Something Judas or something he calls? It? I don't know. The Judas uh, effect. That, yeah, the Judas effect, man. That elbow looked rough, and my first thought was, "Holy shit, he might get the win here," and he did. Yeah, yeah, like, that's it, uh, it. Looked good live. Every time, and, go ahead. Every time Chris Jericho reinvents himself, he comes back with a new finisher. And uh, his new finisher is the Judas Effect, which is a spinning elbow, a spinning back elbow, which uh, he, he did nail here for the finish. You know, it, as you get older in age, you have to figure out different moves to do. A lot of wrestlers, like uh, apparently a Big Show couldn't choke slam people much anymore, so he went to the punch. This is like a, a thousand times better than, than the big punch from Big Show. And, and Jericho, he's able to reinvent himself like that. It, it was phenomenal yeah. to see that. And Adam Page is a hell of a pro wrestler, man. He got, I, I have said this to a few people on the internet. A lot of people are whining like a son of a bitch over putting the belt on Chris Jericho, being that he's older, a former WWE guy. This is where TNA failed is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing a lot of things like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm hearing quite a few things like that. Um, but what I'm getting at with that is that, he does a fantastic job out there, Paige does, but you can't put the title on a guy that only us a-holes know, those of us who have been watching. Al, you had turned me on to New Japan a while back. You know, we went to a Ring of Honor show together. Not everybody's doing that out there. You've got to put the title on Jericho, and you're the one who, put, who gave it to me. You put it in my head right, and I've known that you've been right the whole time. That has to go to Jericho, the way that booking goes. Yeah, I think it was the smart thing to do. I think it was the right thing to do. You're starting a new television show, and you want him out there as your centerpiece day one, night one, and uh, let let the young guys, let let the kids who people may not be as familiar with, establish who they are and why they're going to knock Jericho off his pedestal. And, uh, you know, it might not happen right away, and it probably shouldn't happen right away. Start building towards it. Start building up Kenny Omega. Start building up uh, Cody. Start building up uh, the Hangman. Start, start building up. Start building up these uh, the, the MJF. You know, you got the talent, so uh, now tell the stories. Well, uh, Pac going to uh, he Adam Page. They they started it in the postgame show. Uh, that's going to happen, and those guys can put each other over. Do you feel that I'm right on that? Do you think Hangman went over in the world title match? Do I think he went over? Yeah, I, I think. I, like you he... think... Are you saying do I think he gained something in the loss? Yes. I don't know. I, I, I don't think he gained much in the loss. Um, besides exposure, people saw him in a main event, and uh, they've told us now he's important. He came out on a horse. That's pretty important. So, uh, I, I think yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of fans that didn't, know, that didn't know who he was, and after seeing him there, 
they're they're going to be impressed with it. I don't right. I don't think the victory ruins him or his credibility uh, in the long run. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it, it, they've got a hell of a journey to go. The TV show hasn't even been named or started yet, so we'll we'll just see where this damn thing goes, man. Um, another take that I've seen out there is comparing this to Brock Lesnar. Like, people are, are comparing this to Brock holding the universal title. You're putting it on a part-timer. Like, this is something that you said you weren't going to be. But I, to me, Al, those things are like apples and oranges. Uh, I don't believe Jericho is going to be any more of a part-timer than anybody else on the AEW roster. Yeah, he's he's not he's not a uh, part-timer. He's he's signed for the next year or so, or the next couple of years, and maybe his usage goes down, and maybe he takes months off. But I, he's not taking months off while holding the title. Right. I don't see that happening at all. And not that I had a big problem with Brock doing that. Anyway, whatever. That that's going off on a on a different thing. I just there are so many bad takes about this out there. People are really pissed. I've seen uh, people saying, "Well, not that that settles it. Now I'm going to watch uh, the NXT show on USA Live. That's what I'll be watching." It's My thoughts are why why let that right there make your decision. It it just it, it cracks me up. Anyway, These people are so full of shit. They're watching. Yeah. You know, let me tell you something. They are watching all e- AEW night one, minute one. I guarantee you. I'd put money on it. You you find these people. You get that whatever uh, Facebook has that knows when you're talking about a product, and then they advertise it to you a couple hours later. Whatever yep. mechanism that's used there, you get that, and you listen to these people, and I guarantee you you're going to find that they're watching AEW when it starts. So don't lay that crap on me. You're going to get something, an advertisement for a mechanism now. I'm not sure what mechanism, but you're going to get it because you said mechanism. And now I'm going to get it, too, because I'm saying mechanism over here. Son of a bitch. Hopefully Uh, hopefully it'll be a good uh, mechanism. It surprises me that that title match was 26 minutes. Like It did feel long at times, but it didn't feel 26 minutes long. No, I would have guessed like uh, 18 uh, but yeah, I guess it did. It, it it didn't. I won't say it dragged. That's probably the wrong word for it. But it did. Uh, it labored at points. Andrew chimed in uh, saying that it's called artificial intelligence. Is what is 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 the mechanism, my friend? Maybe. Oh. Maybe. Uh, he's also he he uh, he chimes in and asks, "Hey, who's Jericho going to feud with first? Well, did you say they uh, – I don't know. That's a great question, and that's uh, – I think that's the hangnail going into uh, the television show because now he's beaten everybody. Right, 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 you right. Know? And I don't know if Moxley has a case because he, he, couldn't, uh, he couldn't even make the show because he's, he's got elbow bruise. And, I did uh, see he's booked for a show in October, though, so he's going to be back fairly soon. Sure. He's booked for you know, some, I mean, some indie, indie show then. He, he was booked for this show, you know. You don't just because he's booked doesn't mean it's going to happen. That that is very true. Uh, what what I did see Al was that uh, Pac walked in saying he can do anything he wants now in AEW, and he walked up and he he walked right into Hangman Page's uh, press conference, post game press conference. So it looks like they're going back to that. If you recall, okay. Uh, they 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 ended up having their match a week early before Double or Nothing because Pac had some uh, visa issues. Is what it sounds like. So now they're revisiting oh, right. that, yeah. that feud. Recall? Yeah. So this is twice now. Two pay-per-views in a row we've gone to where they've uh, they've, shorted, they've shorted us on a match. Against, 
you know, neither one was their own fault or their own doing, but, you know, it's twice now. Well, it's tough. Like we said, uh, once we found out, you, you've got to have that next up mentality, man. The We're Chicago Bears fans. We saw the, the evil, awful, terrible Green Bay Packers be able to, to replenish guys who got injured all the time. You'd see the Bears get injured, and there was nothing behind it. That being said, these days, I think, I think the, the, the Chicago Bears are fairly, have some depth. And that's my big concern with AEW as a whole right now. I want to make sure there's some depth there in the roster. Yeah. So the, uh, the other match that we, uh, the match that was right before it, I mean, hell of a match. I haven't seen the Meltzer scale yet, but uh, this is my pick for match of the night. That is for damn sure. Uh, and it is, it is the, uh, the, the, the world tag team championship, the triple a world tag team championship match. Uh, between the Lucha Brothers, that's Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix, of course, and the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. Uh, they fought in a ladder match uh, for this title. And let me tell you, man, the <clears throat> Young Bucks going into it out, they had talked a lot about how seeing them in a ladder match was going to be something special. Like, they built the hype. Did you not feel that they had kind of sure. built it up like it was supposed to be a fantastic match? Absolutely. It felt it and needed it. And it was, it, uh, it delivered. They talked it up and they walked the walk. They flew to the skies. Uh, they did things I've never seen before. There was that one point where, uh, either Nick or Matt, one of the young bucks, I thought he broke his neck or, uh, you know, was paralyzed for life. Yeah. Yeah. When he, he oh, caught he it, I guess the ladder. When he, when he didn't hit the, the two tables, he just hit the oh, one table and then caught his neck on the other. Yeah, and I guess yeah. You asked me a few minutes later. You're like, "Is he moved? Has he moved?" And like, and he was in the ring by that point. But yeah, I was kind of looking for him too. I don't think he had any offense again after that, if I recall. He, um, I didn't see this part, but uh, I've heard other people talking about it. And I guess he caught his foot on the way out of the ring. Oh. His foot caught the rope. No shit. So that that's what that's what stalled the distance uh, to go through both tables and instead he, he you know he went through one and again his head hit the metal part of the other uh without it breaking because there wasn't enough force because it was his neck so yeah uh there there were a few spots that are coming to mind and i mean i don't i don't have these written down in order but it was the one on on uh i forget if it was matt or nick uh who who got the um was it a pile driver onto the uh ladder which i think is what ended up uh, finishing the match actually um okay I think it was pretty much over that that looked fantastic oh yeah phoenix jumped off the top and helped drive his head right into that ladder that was leaning from the ring to the outside there was that then you had the double jumping off of ladders onto uh the opponents on the table but it was a guy from each team where they were looking Uh across each other i believe you posted a, a picture on instagram of that moment which was pretty fantastic um well did you find a lot of things sticking out there yeah were go multiple, ahead. there were multiple times in the match where both both teams had one of the other team in a similar compromising position um there was a, there was a there was a point where uh they both they both did a dive outside of the ropes so instead of stopping each other they they just allowed the other one to go ahead and hit the other one their partner with the same move 
going outside of the ring, you know, thinking their their guy can take it better. So that that was a situation in that. So instead of stopping, you know, instead of the two wrestlers stopping the offense, they both went ahead and just did the exact same move to the uh, opposing person's teammate. So uh, right. that was cool. It was kind of telling the story like, hey, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna deliver the offense. We're coming with all we got. It's up to you guys to get back up. And I believe my brother could get back up. Yeah, yeah. They uh they went twenty one Mitch Mitch's minutes with that with that match. Um, the the crowd was hot for uh for the Lucha Brothers. I mean Pentagon and Ray, uh Phoenix there they get they get the crowd we 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 all enjoy him, we enjoyed them as a tag team. It was it was fantastic. I I really enjoyed that match through and through. Well. Where do they go from there? What What's wrong over there, pal? You know, I just got one of these Trulies, and it's uh, the blueberry. And it tastes like freaking lotion. Is it blueberry pomegranate, I think is what they call it? Blueberry yeah. uh, acai. Acai. Oh, acai. I don't know what the fuck that word is. Uh-huh. Hey, anyway. how's, uh, how's Japanese going? What's, what's your word of the week? Kambanwa. Mm, Meaning? Uh, kon- konnichiwa, kambanwa, uh, Lauren's son. Oh, well, thank you, Al. I appreciate that's that. A good, that's good evening, Lauren. Oh, good good evening, Lawrenson. Lauren, Lauren, just Lauren, Lauren's son. No, Lauren's son. Yeah, that's my last name. No, 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 Lauren's son. That's Lauren. Oh, you're saying, I'm saying you're good saying evening to Lauren. My wife. Uh, yeah, uh. Konnichiwa, Kamama, Lawrence-san. San. Lawrence-san? Lawrence-san. No, 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 no. You would be Lawrence-san. Well, that's Thank you, Al. Uh, Al, of course, is currently learning Japanese, so I appreciate that. That that could come in big hand. uh, That could really come in handy when it comes to being a wrestling fan uh, in today's wrestling. Mrs. Fuji uh, criticized the young uh, Nixon as he was leaving class. She's like, oh, American boys, uh, not like Japanese students, not this studious, don't respect teacher as much. Wait, that happened? Leaving class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nixon was leaving class, and uh, Fuji-san said something uh, uh, to to him. Uh, you know, she was kind of busting his balls. And uh, I don't think he heard it, and he kept walking, and she's like, oh, very disrespectful, these uh, American children, American students, not like Japanese students. Is there a man named Nixon in your class? No, it's Nixon. Oh, Nick. Nixon. Nixon. Not like, I'm not a crook. Nixon. Yeah, right. No, there's no Nixon. It's that Nixon. would be Nixon. Son. Is that like S-A-H-N? S-A-N. Oh, it's S-A-N. Like Daniel Son. Like right. I thought, but I thought it was S A H N. I thought it's how it was spelled. What, what, what is it? They're not Turkish. Okay, I don't know. What, what do I know? They're Japanese man. So, Sean Spears was yes. in a match with, with Cody. A very uh, emotional, beautiful storytelling. Yeah, 
I would absolutely say that uh, the buildup for this match was pretty fantastic. That's something that Cody has done a great job of since he left uh, WWE, in fact, is what I would say about that. Uh, The big thing going into the match, which went 16 minutes and 20 seconds, was who's going to be the person in Cody's corner? There's a lot of options. DDP is one of them, Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, His wife, of course, who always comes to the ring with him. Uh, or you know, usually, pretty much every time I've seen him, uh, Brandy Rhodes. And then, uh, of course, the other one would be MJF, everybody's favorite heel. They came down to the ring. They brought the dog. He, Cody Pharaoh. said uh, MJF. Pharaoh. Cody said MJF. Stick around, pal. So Cody was in his corner while uh, Sean Spears uh, had Tilly Blanchard over in his corner. Al? What say you about this match, my friend? Well, Cody Rhodes taking a, a little bit of criticism for uh, uh, the dog uh, coming out with the fireworks. Uh, the dog was visually uh, shaken a little bit by the fireworks, you know, as dogs tend bit. to be. Yep. MJF, yeah. MJF being the heel he is, just kind of pulled the dog forward. And, uh, you know, Sparrow, Sparrow, or, uh, uh, you got, Sparrow, you got me thinking Nixon now. Um <clears throat> Pharaoh uh, ended up walking to the ring, but some people are a little upset about that. Uh, first off, you haven't mentioned the wonderful entrance of Cody Rhodes. I mean, you're, you're glossing over maybe the highlight of the show. Wow. As, uh, as the camera started backstage with, I think, um, you know, Cody was walking or one guy was walking. It might have been DDP, and uh, he's wearing a, a Star Trek uniform. And then uh, MJF pops up, and he's in he's in a Star Trek uniform with uh, his his uh, uh, Burberry uh, scarf on. And then uh, Brandy, she's in a Star Trek uh, little alien suit, looking uh, looking hot as always. And uh, Diamond Dallas Page in his Star Trek, and Cody in his Captain uh, shirt. It was uh, wonderful. And then the thing lifted up, and he beamed up, and uh, he was ready to wrestle. Uh huh. Yes, he did. Yeah, I enjoyed that that entrance a lot, man. I, I'm sorry if I buried that. I that was not my intention. Yeah, if it was it. Star Wars, people wouldn't stop talking about it. But because of Star Trek, it gets glossed over. I know how it is. Oh, that's amazing. I would say that I'm no more of a Star Wars fan than I am a Star Trek fan, though. Uh huh. I don't mean to 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 bubble your burst over there. And, and you love taxes too. Sure. Why not? Just don't don't bring that up in front of my wife. Or family or anything that would help you got it yeah i understand hey how do you feel about it what do you think about things that happened during this match well it was a it was a story and cody rhodes has been absolutely fantastic in his matches since uh he's left wwe at telling stories and this is another case of that where there, there was this personal relationship between uh, Sean Spears, who was the 10 guy in WWE, you know, he'd come to the ring and everyone flick their fingers 10. Yeah. He was the perfect man. And uh, he felt misused in WWE. He was best friends with Cody. And uh, he got his release from WWE. And then suddenly he comes in and he hits Cody in the head with a chair, uh, putting what, like uh, 12 stitches into his, his skull? Because uh, the, the chair uh, didn't quite break the way it should have, and it caught him legit. It shooted. The chair yeah. shot him, and. Uh, uh, busted his whole his head wide open. 
So a lot of blood, a lot of damage. And uh, Sean Spears, when asked why he did it, he said, because Cody keeps referring to me as a good hand, a carpenter, a jobber. Is another word for a, a carpenter. A carpenter is a, a polite way of saying jobber. And right. uh, a, good, a good hand in the ring is a guy you put out there with your, with your real talent to help get the real talent over because you know they're good in the ring and they're going to get the job done. And uh, Sean Spears took offense to that. He's like, that's like calling a woman the C-word. Like, that is offensive. So he was a little misguided. So he, one of the four horsemen who knows how to take care of a, a, a Rhodes who's who's had a long uh, feud with the Rhodes family, Mr. Tully Blanchard, one half of the brain busters in the WWF, uh, one-fourth of the four horsemen with the enforcer Arn Anderson. Tully Blanchard uh, decides to take the young Sean Spears under his tutelage and become his manager uh, because he knows how to beat a Rhodes. So he said he has nothing personal against the Rhodes family. Just this kid needs help, and he knows how to beat the Rhodes family. So he brought him aboard. And uh, Tully Blanchard said, you know what? Every time Cody Rhodes comes in the ring, somebody else interferes. Somebody from the outside comes. He enters the ring. He's got a posse of 10 people. Uh, Cody, uh, frickin' uh, Brandy's family comes out with him. You know, the, uh, uh, the the guy from the big and tall shop comes out. They got the The yoga guy comes out. The MJF guy. Everybody comes out. The whole hey. city comes out. Well, the so, nightmare family is what they call it. But yeah, then MGF being out there. Oh, go ahead. You were saying. Well, so uh, Tully Blanchard said, you know, I only want one person out there, and you get to choose. And Cody made the decision, as you said, uh, MJF. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but Cody's pretty much the face in the match, right? It was the first time in Cody's post WWE career where the storyline and the actuality of it was he is actually 100% the face and the fans were 100% behind him again in a very emotionally driven match much like the match with his brother um something you know while watching yeah uh, something while watching Al that that kind of had me thinking while we were sitting there in the crowd uh fantastic seats again Al um I think I probably preferred last year's slightly but Obviously, that's more than price point, so we saved a little bit of cash. I enjoyed our seats that we had here a lot because of the aisle, for one, and also the proximity to the seats. Wait, you didn't you didn't enjoy last year's seats better? No, no, these were much better. I, I could actually see what was going on because I didn't have the the seven foot behemoth standing in front of me with his stupid sports jacket on, who, by the way, was back again in the front row with his stupid sports jacket on, and his hair has gotten longer and uglier. I want to know who those two guys are. I think I do too. Two guys were sitting right next to each other. Trust fund kids or some shit. What do you? What's your guess? I feel like he's a wrestler. I, I do. I feel like he's he's an indie guy who uh, knows somebody who gets tickets to these damn shows because there's no reason that guy should be the front row ever, ever in his life. He should be banned. You know, one of the things I loved uh, about AEW was it was something fresh. It was something new. And one of the things that really bugs me about uh, the WWF is uh, the same people are in the same seats every damn pay-per-view. The same guys over and over. You get, the, you get your dopey friend with the green on. You get the dopey guy with the long hair with, the, uh, with his mother or wife or whatever the hell that lady is. She looks like a witch. You, you, know, you see the same people over and over. When I was a kid, you'd watch wrestling, and they would go to New York. 
and there'd be guys who looked right. like they're from New York in the front row having a good time. You'd go, you'd go to Cleveland, and everyone in the front row was boring because people in Cleveland are boring. And they would go to, they'd go to, um, they'd go to Pittsburgh, and there'd be guys with uh, Steelers jerseys on. So, you know, now I see the same damn people in the same damn seats at AEW shows, and I'm a little off put by it, quite frankly. Quite frankly. <laughs> So, um, so this time though, you were really concerned that you were going to be sitting behind the tall guy. However, the seats we were in, I don't know if it was going to be possible for the guy to be too right, tall. Right. Because where we were, we were raised up enough from the seat in front of us. Yes. One thing about it, we were sixth row and not fifth, which I think sixth row gets a better vantage point because you can see slightly more stuff that happens outside of the ring. Without having to yeah. turn up to the right and look at that awkward fucking TV up above to the right that we were at, uh, sure. but also that fifth row they had fucking cup holders. Well, we if not. you wanted to pay, if you wanted to pay four hundred dollars more for tickets, you could have had that. <laughs> Do you think the people in front of I, they probably spent a lot more than us? That's amazing. That's absolutely fantastic. I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it was we nice a, to see. I'm sorry. We had a buddy who was uh, supposed to call in tonight, and I, I shot him a text. I haven't heard back, uh, but he, he disappeared halfway through the show anyway. So <laughs> he, he had I on a neon right. green. Oh, I talked. His, he, he, he said his lady friend got sick. Oh, no. So he missed all the, like, he missed all the final, like, four matches. <laughs> oh, no. And this poor bastard paid $600 a ticket. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he. Okay. So this guy wore uh, our friend Buckets wore his green, his neon green shirt. You know, like uh, the road people who work on the roads at night would wear. You know, with the uh, reflector on it, and so you could see him. Like we were on the opposite end of the arena, but the dude was glowing. He was the only guy in the crowd who was glowing. So right. So suddenly, part of my watching watching all out was keeping an eye on Buckets, and then. When I saw him leaving the arena and he never returned, I mean, it's like, where the fuck is Buckets? Is he going to come out and interfere in a match? I didn't know. Because this guy once got thrown out of, you know, I'll let you tell that story. But this guy once got thrown out of, uh, what was it? Hamilton the Musical. For some reason, they, they, they do not encourage <laughs> singing along uh, while you're at the musical on Broadway in New York. Can you, can you imagine? Uh so, yeah, we knew this guy got thrown out of Hamilton, so I mean... So I, thought, you know. I thought maybe he got thrown out for singing along with something. Maybe... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Yeah, I, I did I'm see him singing along okay. with the National Anthem, so, yeah. I'm glad Ooh. to hear that he's okay, man. Um, what I'll say is, Cody being the face in the match uh, versus Sean Spears, of course, as we were talking, uh, it was kind of fun to see a clearly heel... One of the heels to the T so far in his young career, but MJF, I mean, MJF is the heel in the corner of the face. I feel like that's something you used to see back in the day done pretty well, but I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, that was refreshing for me. Did, did you catch any of that? Yeah, he did. A, he did a great job out there. He, um, you know, he still played the heel while still trying to get the crowd to clap and stuff. Uh, he, like was, he, he was a lot of fun. The, he, would yell, he would yell at the crowd and tell them, fuck off, basically, while slamming on the – he's like, what the hell are you guys doing? While trying to get the claps going. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Great. 
Um, yeah, MJF, uh, with wonderful. Yeah. He he ended up tussling with Tully a couple times. I, Tully was getting a little more uh, physical than I had expected in the match. Right. Tully, who is... Oh, he's only Please. 65. I thought he was a little older than that. Okay. Okay. Is, he looks is older than around that, though. He's a frail 65. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, he's in there taking bumps. And then, of course, uh, Earl Hebner was the referee of the match. The great classic Earl Hebner from uh, WrestleMania three. Hell, from, I believe, WrestleMania one. you see uh, uh, Earl Hebner. Earl, or da- da- of course, your famous twin brother, Dave Hebner, uh, the Hebner boys. The evil twin. Yeah. Yeah. Maxwell uh, Jacob but, Friedman. You mentioned something great about Hebner, and he's he's very emotional in there, and he doesn't put up with shit. Uh, right. In his old age, they were able to work. Tully worked some magic right around him, though. And when they took Cody's belt away from Sean Spears, Tully, like, doing his job as he should, steps right up to the plate, takes his belt off, and hands it to him. Uh, they, they kind of got it in under the, under the nose of Hebner, which I think makes a lot of sense. You you should be able to do that to the guy in his old age. Uh, but then, Al, they set it up pretty well. Sean Spears is in the ring while there was some tussling outside the ring between everybody. And then it happened. Uh, everybody was expecting uh, – every this guy showed up at StarCast, so everyone was thinking, is he going to do it here in Chicago, Illinois? And then it happened. Double A, Arn Anderson. Well, yeah. So shenanigans broke out, and uh, you know, Tully was interfering. MJF was interfering. Seventy-something-year-old Earl Hebner lost control of the match. Uh, Cody was in there. Spears was in there. Everybody was uh, w- w- was getting uh, getting thrown around. So, what do you need in that situation? Well, by God, you need an enforcer. And uh, so out from the back, uh, back came uh, uh, a chunky, elderly Arn Anderson, uh, waddled his way to the ring and delivered, uh, uh, what was that movie, uh, Spinebuster, to yep. uh, Sean Spears. Yes, he did. Uh, looks pretty good. I'll tell you what, that's the moment that, uh, that I was uh, straight up marked out. I, I did go kind of nuts for that one. I was very... I well, I was expecting him to go tussle with Tully, of course. But he went right, right in they, and put the hammer down on Sean Spears. They were very famous for being uh, the brainbusters in WWF. The uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, managed by Bobby Heaton, they were the great brainbusters. And to a lesser extent, they were a tag team in uh, what was that thing, the uh, Horsemen thing. So you know, a lot of history with those guys, huh? Perhaps the WCW is what you're discussing there? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, duck, the four horsemen. They, 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 they were the four horsemen, uh, two of the original four horsemen. So uh, very excited. So, yeah, those guys went face-to-face. And instead of fighting, they just argued like two old men. And, uh, you know, Tully Blanchard yelled at Arn Anderson, chasing him away. But, you know, you know the news story here, the breaking news, the, the, the thing that matters the most, the thing nobody's talking about, is, damn it, Tolly Blanchard said from day one, Cody Rhodes cannot win a match without somebody coming from the back and helping him. And what happened here, Clark? What happened? 
His point was proven. His yes, totally Arn Blanchard Anderson cheated. You know, I don't like Sean Spears, but I'm starting to see his side in this whole thing. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Who knows? Uh, I'll tell you. Let's see what happens. They, they could continue this uh, this rivalry for a little bit, maybe. I don't know. W- when's the next time we see them, Al? Is it going to be on October 2nd when their new show debuts on uh, TNT on Wednesday nights? Well, listen, if I'm Tully Blanchard and a professional manager, and given the fact I should be one, I am going to – I would be there, yeah, night one, letting the world know that, once again, he was right, and Cody couldn't win without help. I mean, it's clear as night and day. Can can he – could he come out and – are you looking for him to come out and, and ask for the powers that be to deny this victory of Cody? Would he ask for I would. this to be stricken from record? It should be stricken from the record, Clark. It was stated with a lawyer in the room. A lawyer was present. The lawyer for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, if that lawyer has any credibility, I mean, this match has to be thrown out the window. And uh, and he came right out. Uh, uh, and and yeah, I I I could see you, you. I could see this happening, my friend. I could definitely see it happening. Uh, Cody didn't even know that he was signing that contract. Uh, they slid it in there. Cody walked in without a care in the world, signed it, and that was the rules. Uh, nobody, no interference, no interference. There was interference, my friend. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if that's how they choose to continue it, continue this rivalry. I don't know. Choose? It's what happened. Right. But, but will they continue on with this? I've got my money on yes. I think this is somewhere where the, the other promotion – Let's a few of these things uh, slide through under the under the table there, Al. No, I don't even think WWE would let this slide through. It was stated explicitly that uh, this was no one outside interference was allowed, and the guy outside interfered. So yeah, Earl missed it for some reason. Well, he's seventy, and you know what? That's another thing. Why does Cody Rhodes always get to have Earl Hepner, the seventy-year-old man, out there uh, refereeing his matches? Why does he get to choose that? That doesn't seem right. If I'm if I'm Charlie Blanchard, I'm demanding a steel cage match. No referee, no pinfall, escape only, or or I would get to choose the referee. That's what I would do. I choose the referee, steel cage, but old school cage. No climb out of the cage. I want a cage that locks. No interference. One on one. Me versus Cody. My client versus Cody. That's what I would do because they're ridiculous. There it is. Done. That That's it. I see it happening. I could see that working, dude. I really could. Uh, Riho uh, fought in the match just before that. Of course, Cody got the win. Uh, do, do you want to sum up the match as a whole, or do you feel like you've already gotten there? Yeah, it was good storytelling. There was a lot of history. I mean, uh, a 40-year-old history with Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. You know, if you're a fan of comic books and you don't quite get wrestling, I mean, this, this is this is what it is. It's history it's these stories that have been told for a long time and and they're still progressing even as these guys advance in age and to wrap that history up in it it's just wonderful storytelling from uh smart uh storytellers so uh hands maybe the best match of the night probably the best match of the night if if you want to disqualify uh the uh, the young bucks and luchas as kind of uh you know uh, a gimmicky match 
Uh, this was definitely a, uh, a wonderful one-on-one match. It was the best one-on-one match of the night. Kenny Omega had a chance, but a weird ending, which we'll get to. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a weird, yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you on, on this match uh, for the most part. It, it's, I, I'm always entertained watching a Cody match. Last year at All In, I was definitely entertained there with the NWA title. And uh, and I, I feel like he delivered. I feel like this match really did uh, in 16 minutes and 20 seconds. So then you had a, a match where the winner would get uh, would make it to the championship match for the inaugural AEW Women's World Championship. That'll be uh, it'll be up for grabs on uh, the first show on October 2nd, right there on TNT at 7 p.m. Uh, Riho against. Uh, tell me, am I saying it right? Hikaru. Uh, yeah, Hikaru. What do you Hikaru. think about this? Uh, you spent some time watching Japan wrestling. I don't know if you get to see many women because uh, the the big promotion NJPW doesn't have a women's division. But uh, I I know you're somewhat familiar. Uh, how do you feel this match was? It was in the wrong place in the show. You know, this is the match where uh, the Kenny Omega Pac match should have been. Um, that's where this match should have. You need a you needed a a crowd that was you know fresh, ready for excitement, ready for a good show. Instead of being uh, you know kind of tired and being like, okay, after this match is the um, is the, the three main events. So I thought it you know it, it dragged a little bit. It was a good match. The, the women performed well, but there's no question the crowd was dead. There were a couple of times where I thought Riho was dead. Like, it, it, there, were, there were some spots for her where it looked like she was broken in two a couple of times. Yeah. During yeah, the Japanese, women, uh, the Japanese women, they, they, they deliver. They, they go hard. And, uh, yeah, there were times, uh, there, were, there was a backbreaker in particular where Riho was basically uh, broken in half. Yeah, yeah. That, that was right there at the end, and she was able to reverse it get the victory and now and now she's going to be in the uh the AEW world title match cuz uh, cuz Hiro Shiro who uh who who lost a match is a beautiful woman she she was a uh, she was an actress turned wrestler um she's 5'4 and 130 pounds you know she's a uh, uh she's a normal sized woman uh she's a normal sized athletic woman where Riho little Riho is uh She's five, five one, one in uh, ninety three pounds. She's so small. She is a very tiny woman. So uh, that, that could be a fun world title match. Yeah, she's going up against a, a very large woman. Uh, no pun. Uh, you know, uh, someone who's billed at one hundred and sixty nine pounds at five seven, which is completely inaccurate. I can tell you yeah. that right now. That is not correct. Who is she's that? She's at least two. Nyla Rose. They say five seven. She says five seven, which I which is about right. I'm I'm five eight, so we're about the same height. A hundred and sixty nine pounds. Yeah, I would say that is inaccurate. If I'm a hundred, if she's one hundred and sixty nine pounds, I'm fucking ninety eight pounds. I mean, she's not uh, she's not as heavy as I am by any means, uh, but no. she's she's definitely a larger woman. And 
you know, and something they don't talk about. Yeah, you know, she's she's was genetically born a male. She is transgender, uh, uh-huh. which is interesting. Which is interesting. They completely gloss over. Um, I, I'm glad they don't make a story like out of it. Like it's that's the whole story. But I also think it's something that that is interesting, and it's a debate in society now. It's interesting they just choose not to mention it whatsoever. Uh, but she she is a large she is a large woman who who has um, you know a little bit of testosterone in her. Although I'm sure she's also you know she's she's trans she's transgender. She's she's gone through the transformation. So yeah, she's, I mean, she's I don't know the hormone that, but, the hormone thing and everything there. So I mean, but what I'm saying is she's she's got a thick build to her that. Uh, I, I get what you say about not doing a story about it with her, but also, why the fuck can't they acknowledge it? I mean, I, 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 AW says they're for everybody, right? Right. Like, I think it's interesting that she is. Yeah, me too. I yeah, I couldn't agree more uh, on that. Uh, it'll be fun to see that match uh, between them, though. See if see what they can do with it. I I hope. I hope it can deliver because that'll be really interesting with uh, Riho being so damn small. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely a size advantage going to uh, Nyla Rose. I'm looking at some pictures of her online, and uh, I think there was a point she was a lot thinner, but I think she's heavier now. Anyways, she, oh, okay. she's a much bigger. Has an old, yeah. Much bigger woman than uh, than than the the tiny uh, little Riho. So, but Riho is a hell of a wrestler. She's a tough woman. You know, in, in Japan, they don't they don't. Uh, they don't screw around with the girls. I mean, the girls have to go in there. They have to take bumps. They they have to take uh, hits. Um, and I believe they start training at a very young age. Uh, in 2006, Riho was only nine years old, still in elementary school. She and her three older sisters began training professional wrestling under Amy Sakura, who is also a um, a member of the AEW roster now. So, Riho has been training since uh, she was nine years old. That's how long she's been uh, training as a wrestler. She's now 22. So right. tiny little girl, but a uh, hell of a lot more experience than Nyla Rose, who's actually an older, an older person. Yeah. Well, we'll see, man. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's night one of television. Yeah, that'll be fun. The... Uh, the match before that was the uh, tag team match where the winners received a first round bye for the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament, and it was the uh, the best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta versus uh, the Dark Order, uh, Evil Uno and uh, Stu Grayson. Uh, they're the ones with all the minions and everything, right? Yeah, the fans refer to them as uh, the perverted shirtless guys. Yes. They yes. come to the ring with hum- they come to the ring wearing uh, masks, and uh, one of them one of them is kind of a, a, a fatter guy, and they wear leather le- leather face masks, and um, very much like the the gimp in Pulp Fiction, and uh, yeah, they're creepy, and um, yeah, they're good wrestlers actually. You know, they did a lot of work in Shikara, Ring of Honor, uh, PWG, so I mean they've been around. Um, they're an exciting team, also known as the uh, Super Smash Brothers, or Triforce on the Indies. Um, yeah, they, I mean they they bring something. The crowd definitely doesn't like them. They're one of the few acts in uh, AEW that the crowd just despises. Right, 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 right. I don't know. Are you a fan of it? 
I like it. I was getting into it. It's nice seeing some fat guys out there working the ring. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I did. Uh, I, I, I think a lot of people were popping over the best friends a little bit too. People seem to like those guys. Yeah, they're popular. The best friends, Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta. I've seen some of their work in Japan. Um, I like them. Yeah. Well, they, they were 13, uh, minutes, 13 minutes and 40 seconds in that match. Right. You were saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen some of their work in New Japan and uh, PWG, Ring of Honor. They've also, you know, they got the uh, indie street cred. Um, match went well. And... Uh, they end up losing to the creepy perverted guys. Yeah. And uh not much not much to say about the match. It was definitely a popcorn break match. We picked the wrong uh, match to go to the bathroom. Yes, we did. And uh do things with, but you know, it happens. Mhm. I followed your uh, lead on that one, which was a mistake. Uh no, you're the one who said it on that one, no? No, I was the second one which went flawlessly. Flawlessly, oh, everything you do, you, you shit roses, pal. I get it. Uh, the um, did we not? Did it not? Did it, when we went to the bathroom the second time, did it not? Did you not shit roses? You make it say like roses we, were shat. We went to the bathroom like like we held each other's hands as we went in there, pal. No, That's nobody exactly held each other's that. anything. I'm just Maybe saying we, we decided to go I together. Up, I went up and I got a t-shirt and a hat. Maybe we could bring that up. No, we don't have to. No. Let's just move on. Yeah, that was the time it went miserably. How did it go miserably? You you were down in, in your in your seat. We missed an entire match. We came back at the same time. No, but that time wasn't the time I came back with the T-shirt and the hat. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't realize you had a third bathroom break. I apologize. No, I might have had four. I had a beer break, too. Jesus. Uh, yeah, they ended up winning it, but it was what happened after the match was over that had everybody surprised. Uh-huh. In, in came Richard Nixon and Jimmy Carter. No, Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter. They were uh, they went with the old president masks, uh, like the like like that movie with Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves, the uh, the surfing movie. Right. Yep. And it, yeah, they, they I don't really know, but everybody knows them. You you knew who they were. LAX, yeah, they were. Uh, they just got released from uh, Impact Wrestling. They were the hottest free agent tag team on the market. There was rumors that maybe they would go to WWE. WWE was definitely interested in signing them. Uh, but, nope, they wore Nixon and uh, Reagan masks and uh, showed up here tonight, last night, Saturday night, as, it, as if you will. Um, and, uh, yeah, laid some havoc in the ring and uh, kicked some ass and uh, took some names and... Did some dirty with stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, that was fun. That was good to see. It, it seems like the tag team division in AEW is uh, is building itself. I, it looks like there might be some uh, some decent talent around in the tag team division, which is great. Because uh, you don't always see great tag team wrestling in, 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 uh, in the business today, as they say. So the match before that... Larcher, the Cracker Barrel Clash. All right. It was time to go. That's the one hey, that you speak. I'm trying to remember. At what point did uh, Orange Cassidy come out? Was that, Maybe that was the pre-match show? No. The lights went off, and then there was Orange Cassidy with his hands in his pockets. 
doing a, oh, his orange cassette. It was at the end of the tag match because uh, then the best friend sandwiched him in the ring with a hug after. Orange right, Cassidy he did the flip into all of the uh, Dark Order minion fellas, the fat, the, the fat out of shape guys. Uh, so did that happen before the LAX came out then? Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize there were two run-ins at that point, but yeah, I, I guess there was. Did LAX run in on that match? That's no, what I'm trying LAX to remember. On the Young Bucks. Oh my God! Did we even watch? There that? you go. There. Holy that's what I'm not figuring Walter. out here. Welcome back. That's fantastic. Yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Right, yeah, I just brought you there. Yeah, LAX came out post. Yeah, uh, yeah after the Lucha Brothers won. Wow. They beat down the Lucha Brothers. That's right. Okay. That's yeah, yeah, making yeah. sense. No, Orange Cassidy, well, who I don't really know other than seeing a couple promos now on him, uh, came out and did a little little flippy shit out of the ring while his hands are in his pockets. Well, he's the wrestler with the least amount of effort in the world. His whole gimmick is he gives zero effort. Which I kind of I kind of liked it the other night. I don't know how that's going to translate forever again. But yeah. uh, he wrestles. But he generally wrestles with his hands in his pockets. That's wonderful. Let's see how that goes. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's when that happened. A great a great debut too. He really got the rub there because it was like almost Undertaker ish. I was wondering if uh, if the Fiend. If Bray Wyatt was coming out for a second, you know, I thought I thought maybe CM Punk. Yeah, I, it didn't make sense there, but I was like, well, maybe the lights I went did. off. Somebody, maybe I'm a huge Go dumbass, ahead. but I thought maybe the power went out. Yeah, okay, you're a huge dumb. It's official. <laughs> hey guys, join in on the conversation seven six zero four five four eight eight three four. Seven six zero four five four eight eight three four. If you are watching on Facebook Live, jump in there. I plan on talking a little bit about fantasy football before our night is out. Uh, if we get there, we we may not have too much time for it. Um, this is the post show from AEW's All Out, uh, the annual uh, All Out. Last year we made it. We well, we went to All In together. Then we made it again this year. I are you concerned that we may not be able to make it a yearly thing strictly because tickets are that difficult to get for it? No, I think I think it's going to start mellowing out. I'm guessing next year there's going to be no uh, uh, fan thing. I think no Connor's had enough. Yeah. Yeah, me too, Conrad. Connie. Uh, Whatever. The Cracker Barrel Clash: Jimmy Havoc versus Darvin Allen versus Joey Janela. See, this is the point of the show. We actually needed buckets to call in because. Where we saw the matches he didn't see, we, he saw this match, and we didn't see it. Yes, absolutely. That would have helped. Uh, I heard a lot of uh, – I heard. I, I think I even heard a holy shit chance from while I was waiting in line, which, by the way, uh, the, the place had run out of sandwiches. They ran out of beers. They ran out of all kinds of things. You had to go find a new line just to get a little bit of food or a beverage to quench the thirst. That's all right, though. We, we ended up making it back in for the very end of that match. That, yeah. That'll be fun to watch. That'll be fun to watch uh, on on the playback. Uh, that went 15 minutes, and Jimmy Havoc won it. It was the Cracker Barrel Clash, obviously a a little bit of a gimmick there with a with a sponsorship tied in. Uh, you you've been to, you've been to Cracker Barrel before, Al? 
Yeah, unfortunately, I had to go once with you, and uh, I, I tried to get uh, I tried to get separate seating, but unfortunately, the place was packed. So we. Well, we, like we I said, from this day it. forward, there shall never be a Cracker Barrel Summit with you. Hey, you said it, man. You that doesn't sound it. like me. Say it. You, you nope. said it. If don't you don't know that. Month or so ago. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll be able to talk about that one later. So uh, here we can get to it. The uh, the match Kenny Omega, uh, of course. Um, man, they were in a tough spot, Al, coming into that one. Uh, he he was all set up to face Moxley, who made his debut, of course, at the last big pay per view in Las Vegas, uh, Memorial Day weekend at Double or Nothing. Came in and attacked. Uh, they have built up this rivalry, and things were looking like a go. Uh, what do you think? What, was it a week ago? When we first found out that he wouldn't, that, uh, Moxley uh, needed some surgery. What What are your thoughts? What I believe it was after we did the show last week that it went down. What was your thought process yeah. when you found out Moxley wasn't going to be able to be there? I was disappointed. I was highly disappointed. Uh, you know he, you know as Kenny Omega said, you know he he had to go to New Japan. He had to prove he was the guy, and. Uh, kind of ridiculous uh, you know he he made a commitment to be at this match and instead he goes and he gets himself hurt he gets some elbow disease or something and you know it's just ridiculous yeah yeah uh i agree i i was a little bit disappointed that he couldn't be there uh that's who i ex- expected to see but then when you find out that Pac is going to be able to fill in now after the last time yeah. he couldn't be there because of the visa issues or what have you. Um, I started thinking about it right away. And like, these guys could put on a great match. It'd be a a different match entirely, but I could see it being a great match. Um, Albeit, I believe that it was set up to be a completely different match. I mean, uh, Neville, as he was known in WWE or or the bastard Pac, the uh, bastard, the bastard Pac, Pack, the bastard Pack is what they said when they introduced him, if, if I recall. Uh-huh. Uh well, I go ahead. I tried to get a uh, uh, oh my god, you killed Kenny, you bastard chant going, but that that wasn't gonna work. Well, you, you gave it. You asked me if I'd join in with you, and I was all set and ready to do it, and then nope, nope. It, you never gave me the cue. You never set me up. Uh, they went Kenny Omega. In Pac, in the second match of the main card, of the main show, uh, the fourth match overall yeah. of the night, uh, they went 23 minutes and 20 seconds. And uh, what do you, how do you feel that went? Well, it was it was a good match. I mean, it, it was exciting. Um, you knew something that was up when it was the second match of the show. Like, you, you knew, like, there was something going on. And, uh, you know, I had an inkling uh, Kenny was going to lose the match because traditionally wrestling booking, you always, anytime somebody fills in, they get put over as opposed to the person who, regardless if they were supposed to win or not, uh, because they're doing a favor of coming in on a match at short notice. And the person who loses has the excuse saying, hey, I wasn't able to prepare for this. So that's wrestling tradition, and uh, with it being the second match of the night, you knew usually that's a, a signal to uh, a smart wrestling fan that there's about to be a letdown. And um, 
you know, the ending arguably what was in fact a letdown, but the match itself was really good. It was a lot of fun. Uh, they both showcased their talent. You both saw who they were. Um, Pac looks like a star out there. Kenny Omega is a star. Um, although Kenny Omega is yet to win a singles match in AEW as he gets tapped out at the end of this match by uh, Pac. The referee stops the match as Kenny Omega passes out. So uh, very interesting uh, booking there. And uh, yeah. we'll see where that goes. Maybe they're telling a story. Because, look, most people don't know who Kenny Omega is outside of the wrestling nerd. They might have heard his name, but they still don't know who he is. So maybe they're telling this story, you know, maybe on television they're going to be like, hey, Kenny, you're supposed to be a star. You're supposed to be, you know, this guy everybody heard of as the best wrestler in the world, and yet you can't win a match. Like, who are you? What is going on? And then maybe Kenny Omega digs deep inside and maybe even finds a new character, you know, defining who he is. Because, by the way, the Bucks went a little heel. I don't know if you noticed that in the Lucha Brothers. Uh, there was a point in the match where one of the young Bucks pulled off the mask of Pentagon oh, Jr., yeah. like ripped it right off. And, you know, uh, he was on top of the ladder holding the match, and the crowd booed. Like, the crowd knew the disrespect in that. And uh, so they're a very heelish thing to do. So, you know, maybe, maybe they're telling a story where Kenny Omega goes deep inside and becomes a bad guy. Maybe the Bucks turn on Kenny Omega because they don't think he, he is as big of a star as he thinks he is. I don't know where they're going. I just hope they're going somewhere, because at some point, Kenny Omega needs to win. At some point, i got to think Kenny Omega is the star of this show. At some point, Kenny Omega um, has to be delivered upon, and if you're going to keep having him lose, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. If you could redo it all over again, would you yeah. – uh... If, if everything started from scratch, could you see any way, any reason though, to put the title on Omega right away? Like, I don't see that. I don't think that's. Thing. I think Kenny Omega's great chasing the title. I think that's his strength. We've never really seen him as a world champion uh, deliver in that role. You know, it was very short lived in New Japan. Uh, he didn't have a lot of great matches uh, after becoming champion. He wasn't given a lot of opportunities to become one. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was a little, uh, little off-putting, I guess. Uh, but it was a good match. They're, they're insanely talented people, and uh, and it showed in the uh, in the match itself. So, yeah, I did. Uh, I I just I I see a lot of people really upset with the loss there. Like they they don't understand it at all. And I I think out there I kind of. Uh, you're the one who first mentioned the traditional wrestling booking gives it to gives that to Pac and it makes complete sense. And, and I use that with a few people out there, like the filling guy gets the win there. And, and, and the way that you describe that makes complete sense. Al Archer, I, I'm going to give you that. Uh, I'm with you. I thought it was a really good match. The ending. Eh, I, I want, I want to watch that on the playback. I really do. Yeah. that uh, It really came out. It came out of nowhere, you know, uh, Right, but then like looking up at the at the screen, like you saw Kenny's uh, like body go limp, like he fell yeah, and went clean. limp. So it's believable. Like like that thing would happen in a UFC match. That would happen, you know. It, it, it was definitely a clean loss, and you could argue Kenny Omega was preparing to fight a hardcore style wrestler, and instead, you know, right. he got a, a submission guy, and the submission guy got him in the end. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the match before that that kicked off the show 
was SoCal Uncensored uh, versus the Jurassic Express, which included uh, Marco Stunt, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. Hi. Hi. Yeah, gr- good uh, Good opening match. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, the kids in Clark Lawrence and love, uh, I love Monk, Marco Stunt and the Lucha and the, uh, the kid and his dinosaur. I like and, Luchasaurus uh, a lot. I like Luchasaurus. He is, he's pretty excellent. That man, for his height and size, six foot five inches, 233 pounds. Man, he does the flippy floppy really good out there. Yeah, WWE let him go. That uh, might have been a mistake. Judas Devlin, he was in NXT, eh? Uh, he spent some time on Big Brother. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that was him. No. Does Holy he, does shit. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, it does. Wow. No, yeah? Was, was there a professional yeah, yeah. wrestler? There was yeah. a guy who was claiming he was going to be a professional wrestler, but you usually write those guys off. In the summer of 2015, Madison appeared as a contestant on the 17th season of Big Brother. He was evicted during the 12th week and placed fifth. Not a bad showing there. Huh. Yeah, he, 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 uh, he was like a magician. Like his gimmick on the show was like he was like this, he, like, you know, he, he had like a magician gimmick going. I didn't, wow, holy shit. <laughs> it just blew That's my mind, fun. Mark. That's fun, man. There we go. Hey, I got these things in my pocket, you know, uh, once in a while. But man, for his size, as I was first getting to going over to his page there, 6'5, 233 pounds uh, is listed here on the Wikipedia, that is. That's a big dude, and he does some shit for being a big dude out there. Yeah, yeah, he's great. And huh. I know that's probably the gimmick. And that makes it fun. But I enjoyed him. And I'll tell you, he was over with the crowd. Right there. He, yeah, he, he was, was over. He was over with that crowd. Uh, SoCal won it. What is... Everybody loves SoCal Uncensored, man. Uh, were they in Ring yeah. of Honor? Jeff Daniels has been Christopher. a staple of... Uh, uh, he's, he's been a staple of the indie scene for so long. Like, he, he is just... Uh, He's one of those guys uh, that, you know, every everybody respects, everybody loves. He's been around for so long. You know, you've you've booed him, you've cheered him. Uh, he is one of my favorite uh, indie guys, and uh, you know, now that he's kind of getting his, uh, he's getting his come up since he's getting his due. Like you know, he's getting the respect he deserves, and uh, SoCal uncensored, super over. I like how at the end of the match they were respectable. Towards uh, the uh, a boy, his dragon, a boy, his dinosaur, and a smaller boy. Um, yeah, he, he showed them respect, and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know his age, Christopher Daniels. I would guess he's probably forty. Christopher Daniels is forty-nine years old. Wow. Birthday, yeah. Birthday Daniel Christopher Covell. I was guessing like 45 or so. I thought he was a little bit older than me there. Um, yeah, he is he he is a bit of an older guy, but, I mean, he puts on a, a good match. I I didn't see much of all of this indie stuff that I'm, I'm kind of catching a little bit of here as, as we're talking. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, hearing him being known as the king of the indies out there, it's uh, it's just uh, it's good to see that like his age to me wasn't exactly showing. Which, by the way, I mean the world champion's about the same age too. So, right, fifty, not exactly that old for a wrestler, but so that was the main card right there, Al. Uh, as we started at the at the back end there, and worked our way back to the front. Um, I enjoyed the main card, and you and I were both there to see uh, the pre-show as well, which is something that you don't always do unless – what I've noticed is Al Archer doesn't do a pre-show on the television. But if he has tickets Never. for the live event, he is in. You're gonna That's go right. In there, be on gonna, time. You're going to get your feel for the event. That's respectable to be in the seats for that. Not everybody was yet. I don't know if you recall that, but through the pre-show, it was a pretty late arriving crowd through the pre-show, which, you know. It does happen. That's not our style. We did make it in. Uh, the the the, uh, the last match before the actual show kicked off was uh, Private Party versus Angelico and Jack Evans in a tag team match that went 11 minutes and 35 seconds. Private Party, of course, was in that Indy Federation uh, where it got announced that they would be facing the Young Bucks. I think in their second week of the AEW television. Uh, what did you uh, what you what did you feel about this match, my friend? What was it? It was a pre-show match, right? Yeah, the private party. Oh, it, yeah, it was. Uh, it was fun. It was a pre-show. All right, good. So then, the first match, of course, was the battle royal. The winner would get a slot for the championship for the AEW World Championship. We already discussed who won that. Nyla Rose won it. She, uh, Al, she lasted the whole time. She was part of the first uh, five entrances, or the first five. Uh, the first five in it. And yeah, I uh, really hate how. Go ahead. I really hate. Uh, I really hate how they do that. That whole like. Uh, she was part he, of the club. So, she was there first, and then the diamonds came out next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So instead of like a royal rumble where everyone comes out every you know an interval of time, groups come out based on the the uh, suit of card that was drawn. So everybody who got a heart, you know, four or five wrestlers get hearts, four or five get, I think there's five in every group. So five get hearts, five get clubs, and there's 20 people in the thing. And when the time limit expires, everybody in that group comes out. But it takes away, like, the individual entrances, the individual music, the stuff that you get excited for seeing people in a rumble. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was was very flat. I didn't like that it was for a, 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 a shot at the title. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, the girl, the the uh, the woman who dra- who who had, was in the first group, ended up finishing, and uh, and winning the whole thing. And Awesome Kong was in there with uh, with Brandy, you know, as her bodyguard. And uh, well, Brandy's bodyguard was Awesome Kong. I mean, there were some very talented people. Uh, Rowdy Piper's daughter was in it, who uh, I don't think is trained as a wrestler, and basically just walked to the ring and kind of avoided action before somebody threw her out. Um, yeah, it was all right. It was a, it was a fun way to start the show, but I, I just didn't like what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was what it was. I I kind of like the librarian walking around on the uh, on the book <laughs> to start. That was kind of funny. Funny for the first match of the night. That happened, uh, and uh, and Nyla lasted the entire way. She got the win. Oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Tennille Dashwood, uh, Emma from WWE, was one of the entrances. 
in there as well. Uh, yeah, it seemed like uh, that was fine. I thought it was just a fine way to start the pre-show. So be it. It happened. I had a good time overall throughout the night, Al. Uh, I did too. Uh, I could have done with hanging in the parking lot uh, waiting to move after the show a little bit less, but it, it was fine. Are you kidding? That was that was one of the easiest outs I think I've seen in a, an arena. But, wow. You know, Rosemont, I, I, I take that back. Rosemont Horizon is, is like easy and easy out. But I, I've been, honestly, that's one of the easier outs I've ever had. Wow. You want to talk about waiting? You want to talk about waiting you're in a parking you're lot? A parking mark. You are a mark for the parking at the Sears Center. You know, today, so Burning Man uh, and in Sunday, a lot of people leave today on Monday. You know how long it takes to get out of Burning Man? How long, Al? Take a guess on how long the ride, the line out of Burning Man is. Well, I know it can take car. up four days, four days in the desert, or at least three days That's in the, the desert. Go to, to get there, yeah, yeah, that I do know. But getting out, I bet it takes six hours. Eight hours. Wow, I was putting it. I was going long there, man. Damn, Al, that's some perseverance. But you know that that's coming. Like you know, eight hours is coming. Yeah, I think leaving uh, the Jerry Jones uh, experiment, uh, the, the uh, in Dallas, uh, the Jerry Dome. Yep. That 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 was a that was a project to get out. What the hell's wrong with it there? Fix that shit, Jerry. Jesus, that's unreal. Uh, so I thought the other venue could have done a better job with the food and stuff. Like they could have had enough. They didn't but, want you eating. They knew. It was they know so how to. Loud. They know how discussing. Uh, Wrestling fans are. They didn't want to. They didn't need all that food there. They didn't want to see a bunch of mustard and cheese sauce and ketchup and salt all over guys' wrestling shirts. Shirts that they just spent thirty-five dollars for. So I've heard. Or maybe hats. Maybe you get. Maybe you get some of your salt and your cheese sauce on your hat. Al, you're always looking out. You're right, man. Why didn't I see the light? I was so disappointed when. The seats next to us filled up, and these dopey kids, every two minutes, they had to leave to get something, and they just get there, and all of a sudden, they come back with two giant pretzels. Like, Jesus Christ, be adults. Eat something before you go to the show so you're not sitting there eating a pretzel. So so off-putting. You don't want anybody eating in the arena. Popcorn. You can have some popcorn. You can have a soda. That's it. Uh, Maybe an alcoholic beverage. If if you can handle your bladder, what if what if one ends up with an extra with an extra beverage because he was buying his friend a beer, but his friend got himself a drink as well? If you end up with that extra beverage, are you allowed to share it between the two guys? Yeah, yeah, you can do that. That's fine. You, it's very kind. Very kind. You, you suggested that. That wasn't fishing for a compliment there, but. You, you suggested that we uh, that we share that together, and it was nice. It was a it was a, a whiskey highball, Al. It was the last one they had. Now it came well, out of a can. It, it came out of a can, so it couldn't have compared to what you had. No, that's not. okay. A lot of the best, a lot of the best highballs in Japan came out of uh, cans. 
I had my final fantasy draft yesterday, Al, in fantasy football. How did it go? It was a family Josh one. Josh Gordon? Um, I oh, did yeah, end up yeah, with yeah. Josh Gordon. How, how'd you know I ended up with Josh Gordon? I know everything, Clark. I know your moves. I know your moves 10 ha- steps ahead of your moves. No, you You know that. Oh, no, I do. I do, pal. That is incredible. Let me guess. You're you're going to grab a little something to eat after the podcast and watch a little bit of Monday Night Raw. Uh, that Wow, you are are you psychic? What's going on over here? I put the L and L. You do. No, are you psychic? Is that what's happening? I am a little psychic, yeah. Um, who's the uh, well? Uh, first overall, uh, Camara. Second overall, McCaffrey. Third overall, Barkley. Of course, this is Panther fans that I'm with. So my brother-in-law, he is the Panther fan, and, and the kids and my sister all became Panther fans too. So, I mean, he took McCaffrey there in the second spot, which, I mean, honestly, like, I think he would have taken McCaffrey if, if, if he would have been seventh on everybody else's boards or eighth. It didn't hurt him at all. I, I don't think second is the worst place in the world to pick him. Uh, I was surprised that Barkley didn't go one, though, um, in that league. But number five overall. Oh, Al, I got the fourth pick, and there's been news the last few days. This is what I wanted to ask you about. I had the fourth uh-huh. overall pick, and there has been news out of Dallas that the, uh, the deal is happening. You told me in the car that he'll be, pl- he'll, he'll be signing mon- by Monday, right? And that's what they said. That was the rumor. Nothing. So it, and everything, like 30 minutes before our draft start, said it. So with the fourth pick, he was on the board. He was the guy that my, my numbers said to go with. So I picked Ezekiel Elliott, and I'm counting on and him it- to be there in one. And in the tenth plus round, you you drafted Pollard, right? No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance. To oh my god! Him. Are you a yeah. child? Is this your first fantasy? Oh my Clark, Clark, hey, you're so no, much somebody, smarter than that. Somebody grabbed him too, a lot earlier. Oh, you you make that a priority, Clark. Come on. Okay, hang on a minute. For people who uh, don't, for for fans who don't understand, what ha- let's go to my team. Let's look for him. And I will for handcuff. Fans, okay, well, well, you, well, you're doing explaining step by step how you're getting there, like bucket schedule. Why don't you let me explain what handcuffing is to the fans who don't know? Handcuffing is is when you take a player, let's say, uh, who who's a, a first or a second round. It doesn't even have to be, but a first or second round pick that has a a risk to it. Uh, Zeke Elliott has a risk because he's holding out. Melvin Gordon has a risk because he's holding out. Or you might get Delvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings, who has a history of injuries. What you do is you grab their backup later in the draft. It's called a handcuff because that way, if that player doesn't play or if that player gets injured, somebody's not stealing them off the waiver wire and leaving you without a starting running back. Like, it's smart. You have to handcuff. Uh, It's imperative handcuff but Clark uh, apparently didn't handcuff so all right what's the detail I we we'll see what happens there we'll see what happens there I don't know are you telling uh, me we'll, he wasn't even drafted we'll see we'll see what happens who knows unbelievable Clark I can't Shame. discuss too much right now Al it wouldn't Shame. be wise it wouldn't be wise for me to discuss when, too much was he drafted uh, or no no Okay. Well, might go on free agent. Go on free agency now and get him. 
Todd yeah. Gurley went number nine overall. Tyree Kill went number seven overall, Al. This That's is not the a bad. It's, he's a second round pick. That's a reach, but it's not an insane reach. Cooper Cup went in the second round with a 13th overall pick. Julian uh, that's a reach. 14th. Uh, reach. What else? Um, yeah. Uh, no, I don't see see too many more reaches now. Now now things are, are evening out quite a bit. But let me tell you this about about this whole thing over here, Al. This whole league is a little bit what I'm saying about it is uh, it, it is a family league, but I should be able to win this because, you know, a lot of people, it's their first time ever playing fantasy football. The problem is my sister is very knowledgeable. She's very good when it comes to doing things. She's a big sports fan. She does know football, and she spent one week going to boot camp and Figuring this out, spending hours. I, I think she was listening to podcasts while driving to work, studying, asking her son for advice on things. How do you do this? What does it mean, the top three? All of these questions. And she came in, Al, and according not just to ESPN's reporting on it, but according to my, my, my inside sources, the Fantasy Pro guys, she had the best draft in the business, man. Swept it. Swept it. What do you it. say? So – so Clark learned from Al, Al learned, and uh, your sister learned from uh, the family. Learned All from right. Jared. Well, so we'll see. So at, you're, you are my Mickey, and uh, yes. and it's like and, and her her kids and Jared is like her her uh, Duke, the guy in the corner for Apollo Creed. I know That's who Duke is. I know. I was saying that for the listeners, Al. Don't. <laughs> I, I would never. I thought, I would you're never. right. You're right. I'm sorry. I jumped okay. to conclusion. <laughs> I know who that is. <laughs> anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. Everything's drafted. Do you have any drafts left? I have one, and it's uh, it's Wednesday, and it's a uh, it's a permanent dynasty draft, meaning you keep every player year to year. You don't lose anybody. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, there's another thing. He just chimed in on the uh, that that should be fun, Al. Uh, with that, but. Chimed in. My brother-in-law just chimed in on the uh, Facebook line. I forgot his entire team has the same bye week because he he has yeah. a lot of pets, so you got to like, watch out for that. There's like set, week seven and week eleven this year that are brutal. It's like like half the teams are off, or at least all the good fantasy players. So there's there's a couple of weeks I I know I have to uh, look at. Where uh, I made the same mistake uh, or a similar mistake, where I have three or four starters out. One of them, week eleven, like I, I just might have to fold my cards on. So, yeah, wow. that'll be interesting. Okay. Well, we'll see, man. Uh, All right, Clark. Are you are you are you, are you building up? Uh, we we can get rolling here, but you, you got your uh, your daily fantasy shoes on. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I am getting ready. I. Uh, I'm starting to put together my team. Very high in tournament play on Mr. Joshua Allen, stacked with a uh, a uh, John Brown uh, of the Buffalo Bills going up against the New York Jets. Uh, they'll be playing from behind. Josh Allen uh, had a good last couple weeks uh, in fantasy last year, and uh, John Brown uh, was his kind of go-to guy, and he has the best matchup of any of the receivers against uh, the Bills. So, you know, in tournament play, you want to be contrarian. 
Uh, that's that's uh, one of the stacks I'm looking at right now. Really? Uh, the last week of the season, Josh Allen put up 41 points, 13, 19, 24, 33, and 26 uh, after he took over the starting job. So uh, he was a value play last year. Uh, sneaky pick, good for tournament. <clears throat> and you're definitely going to want to pair him with somebody. And, and really the only receiver worth looking at on that team on the Buffalo Bills this week is, uh, is, is John Brown, who's going up against a cornerback who's absolutely shit. Um, so, you okay, know, that's good. Hey, uh, are you going to tell the listeners that's your daily fantasy play of the week? That's my daily fantasy play of the week. So is it the combo of, of, of Allen and who, what is it? John Brown. John Allen Brown who never put up more than he, he only put up about 10 points. Uh, you know, it, his, his game high, uh, uh, last year or two years ago was 29 points. So. Uh, it, it's an extreme risk. It's it's uh, it's a highly vaultable team, but it, it's a risk you might want to look at it because again, something contrarian is going to win, and those are going to be those one percent owned players that have a chance at, at winning. Now, if you're listening to this and you're new to fan, daily fantasy, don't play them in your cash game. Don't listen to me and play them in your cash game. This is purely tournament play. Okay. All right. So finally, Clark, uh, unless you have a uh, fantasy tip of the week. No, I don't have a tip of the week. I was just trying to find a price point on, on those guys. And Allen's price is good? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at, let's see here. I'll go to the old lab. Uh, 4300 for John Brown. Josh Allen is at uh, 5-6, which is the okay. sweet spot of the tournament winners. Okay. All right. That's fun. No, I, I don't have any, uh, I don't have a fantasy uh, play of the week. Learn how to handcuff. That's my advice. Yeah, go get them now before it's too late. So what are your predictions Thursday night? Bears kick off the NFL season. Who do you got? I told my brother-in-law last night, and I got a little bit bold on this, my friend. But I said bull, bear, bulls. I said Chicago Bears by over 20 points. And it's a bold thing being that things are different up in Green Bay now. They got a new regime. And Aaron Rodgers... That's Aaron fucking Rodgers. I've seen him play against the Chicago Bears a lot. But I got the Bears by 20. Okay. Well, I'm going to take the Bears to win, and I'm not going to give uh, – they'll cover the spread, whatever it is. I haven't looked, but they'll cover the spread. But I'm not going 20 points. That's just statistically ridiculous. So, Do you want to head down to Grant Park uh, over to the fountain at about 12 o'clock? They got the big NFL experience, the kickoff party brought to you by Madden. There's going to be some Madden players playing on the big screen there, uh, some, some of the world's best from what I understand. And then that evening, uh, your favorite, Megan Trainer, is going to be performing, and so is uh, Meek Mill, that fellow who just got out of jail recently. Uh, they got a big party down there. And if you want, Al, you can go down there and watch the game on the big screens. You'll have to stand and watch the game the whole time, I guess. Yeah, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna there's, air condi- there's air conditioning here. I have a pressure yeah. cooker. Maybe I'll make up some ribs. That's that's my. Uh, I'm supposed to fast on Thursday, so we'll see how that goes. Ooh, uh, I have. We're, got, on, I, I, we're looking at 73 so. degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, uh, Sunday is the high for uh, for Thursday for Thursday. So uh, kickoff could be a little bit below 70 degrees. I think that's absolutely perfect. Right on the money. For, oh yeah. Uh, kickoff of thursday night football we'll see i'm excited for it i'm ready for it uh if you're not working i'd 
Maybe we can get together. We'll see. Uh, but the NFL's here, man. Yeah, I'm gonna pass. You 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 never have really good uh, uh, snacks. You, you, there's gonna be snacks. babies. Are you putting the kids away? Like, are the kids going somewhere? I'm not putting the kids away until at least after the first quarter. I don't think I can say that. I'm not putting so, the kids away. I'm not going to put them in so their the kennel. Kids, so the kids are to be there, and the neighbors' kids are going to be there, and Andrew, yeah. uh, you know, I'm good. Thank you. Okay, then. Fine. Uh, but Andrew's going to help. I, He's going to make sure that you get all the snacks. <laughs> It'll be fine. I appreciate I appreciate the offer. <laughs> the kids will go will be put away by the end of the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. My goodness. Oh, Larger, it's been fun. Holy shit. Yeah. We've uh, time to move on. Everything that's been said was said an what, hour ago. What else do you have to do tonight? What's your big deal? I got I got a date. I got uh, there's some wrestling to watch. I got I I okay. bought the game where you're uh, you're a dictator and I have to get my island uh, set up. You should have mentioned this some time ago, man. You didn't. You, we, I thought we were having great conversation. It's one of our best while on remote. So, Jesus. Uh, oh, what did you think? Speaking of which, this is the moment where Cody comes out after the show, talks to the crowd, and then brings out uh, Tony Khan. What do you think of Tony Khan's promo slash sales pitch for to buy tickets? Well, you know, the big news is I think he said that every Labor Day uh, they're coming back to uh, Chicago for this, uh, this show. So this- he said All Out will be here. It's, it sounds like it's going to be called All Out, and it's going to be here every year. So this is one of their big, so far, their big two pay-per-views. Um, yeah, I was a little confused. Yeah, that's the way you heard it, and I think you're actually right. But I kind of heard that, well, I thought he was saying kind of like, he, he kind of like slipped through it like, I say like a lot, Jesus. You know, there's a girl at work who does that, and I think I'm picking up on it. But, oh, shit, stay away. Don't don't have too many conversations. But I'm trying to do this now without saying like again. He came out, and I thought he said something along the lines of, well, I want to make an announcement that we are going to be here every year. And then he started talking about All Out, and I think everyone assumed he was talking about All Out, but then he made the comment about every Thanksgiving Eve they're going to be doing the show live from Chicago, uh, the TV show here on Thursday nights, because he, his family is in town here in Chicago, and he spends his Thanksgivings at uh, in Chicago, so every year the Thanksgiving show is going to be the pre-Thanksgiving show is going to be here in Chicago. So I was thinking maybe that's what he was talking about every year, and he wasn't referring to the Labor Day thing. But I, I do think you're right. I think he he is saying the Labor Day I and he made the both, Thanksgiving. Both announcements. He made both announcements. Yeah, that, that's what I believe. Uh, maybe we'll try to clear that up again later. I saw part of his post-game press conference a little bit, uh, where he he was answering quite a few questions. I like the kid already. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, he did. He grew up around here. He he said he lived here until his his uh, family bought the Jaguars. So uh, that's kind of good to know. It's it's good to know that that federation, while this may not be their home, it's like their home away from home. It seems like so. That should be a lot yeah. of fun as, uh, for years to come. And I'd like the Labor Day thing to continue to be a tradition. Uh, and there there's a chance that I can go uh, for Thanksgiving Eve. So. 
All right, well, well keep me updated. Like I said, you got a month groundwork, to tell me. The groundwork's been laid, so I'll let you know uh, here in the next uh, the next couple of days. All right. All right. Well, that's, that's good. all she uh, wrote. Let's do this show again next week, Al, and uh, we'll be talking about a the end of Bears. week one in the NFL and the Chicago Bears. Football is back. It is. Yes. All right, I'm, I'm going to leave us with uh, Chris Jericho and his band Fozzie singing Judas, his theme song. Good night. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.